0: silver full of lemonade, Carl's going to fill one with iced tea, and we're going to Arnold Palmer Lenny when he walks in! <laughs> Arnold Palmer Lenny. You're going to Arnold Palmer Lenny. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. swing continues and the cut line is going to break down this dfs slate this sportsbook slate the only way we know how such a fun plenty of analysis and lots of winners come sunday hello canada hello usa hello uk hello australia hello germany hello netherlands spain singapore we are at the arnold palmer invitational one of my favorite tournaments hands down A lot of people call the Players' Championship the fifth major. I think the PGA Tour players think this is the fifth major. This course is difficult, it's hard, and winning this tournament is so prestigious. Now, second best part about this tournament? We get, arguably, the greatest drink of all time, all weekend. We are going to be making a John Daly. A lot of people like to drink this in the summer since it's light and refreshing. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. First, add ice to the Collins glass. Then, add 2 ounces of vodka, 3 ounces of lemonade, and 3 ounces of iced tea. You want to slowly add the iced tea so that it's in a layer above the lemonade and vodka like so. Then garnish with lemon. I used the lemon wheel, but you can also garnish with the lemon slice. Was that the right drink? Was that the right drink? I don't know. Arguably, the greatest golfer of time brings us one stacked PGA tournament But before we dive in. I want to give a massive shout out to the community that surrounds the Cutline. I know a lot of you guys support the Cutline on Twitter. We really, really greatly appreciate it. But now if you're new to the show. And you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. Welcome. Welcome. I'm Mike Lunas at Lunas on Twitter. Had Shane Lowry as pre-tournament outright last week. How'd that end up? Nice win, Straka. Nice win. But that brings us straight into the good, the bad, the ugly. So first of all, the good. Single entry darling. Five of six for 500 bucks. Not bad, right? Not bad when you have five of six in a single entry. But it kind of shows the volatility of last week and the bad. Didn't touch him. Didn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. But I'm going to say the bad was Matt Wolf. How brutal he was prior to the cut. And then Daniel Berger Sunday had pieces of him. And how he just melted and fell apart. And of course, the ugly, already aforementioned, Tommy Fleetwood as a core play. Missed the cut. Missed the cut on the number. Thanks to a bogey on 17. The bear track got him. So, Cutline is brought to you by Golf Goons. Looking to get in NFTs? Use that cryptocurrency to get involved with the PGA Tour? Golf Goons is the way to do it. At the Golf Goons on Twitter, sign up to the Discord channel. All the information is there. You can sign up, get NFTs. This week, Rory McElroy is available for the first time. I'm all in. I've maxed out for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday version. I want a piece of Roars. I'm hoping I get him on the wheel. We'll see. Golf Goons. Gotta do it. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm going to do the best I can. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside, sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the cut line is doing what it does best. It makes sure that you're having your cashing lineups, smashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and getting six of six players through. The cut line. But on a weekly basis, you need leverage. And I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion, the main opinion, is the most important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. Why? Why, you ask? Simple. I am the guy who does the ownership of Fanshare Sports. And I'll tell you this it is elite. It is elite. So, now there is a very easy fix. If you're not subscribed, go to uh, go to sports.com, type the word cut line in the discount option, uh, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Look, Fanshare Sports is beyond ownership. They have stats, analysis, breakdowns. My man Rob G is there. Anytime on Discord, reach out to him. He just had Notorious on his show. Hello, Noto. All right. So, let's break this down. Bay Hill and the Arnold Palmer Invitational is what PGA Tour brings us next as we march towards Augusta. Ooh, so close. Course history, bunkers, scoring, water, many of the key attributes that we're looking at. But let's take an in-depth look at Bay Hill. You can find the course report on cutlinegolf.com. Just look at the course report up in your top tab. You'll be able to find that. But let's get into it. Par sc- far scoring will be weighted at a premium as Bay Hill and the Arnold Palmer Invitational bring us a tournament where players will struggle a lot. The course is highlighted by its length and its nasty thick rough, which will give plenty of opportunities for bogey, or potentially worse. For those expecting the scoring fias that we saw at the Sony, the Amex, you're just not going to get that type of golf here. This is a tough, tough, difficult track. Uh, the Players is often labeled as the fifth major, like I've said, but based on player interviews, I think a lot of these players... Will not admit it, but they they feel like this is a major setting. Okay, so the first key component that you need to measure is distance. If it's going to be your main component this week, you need to decide that. Players that are able to hit it far and able to bomb and gouge his course, they've had success here. let's Look at Bryson DeChambeau last year. Now I have doubts. Don't have any doubts that that any of your short hitters can can last for four rounds. That's the issue with the shorter hitters especially if the win comes into play, winners of this tournament eagle a few of those par fives. So if they can't eagle those par fives, it's going to be tough to compete because there are so many high numbers on the course. If you would not consider them to win a major championship, I would not consider them here. Perfect example, just today, I asked my boy Tommy, does he think Max Homa could ever win a major? He said, yes. I said, go do it, dude. Book it, light it up. Now, just to make your sweat a little bit more concerning on Sunday, the 18th hole, the last hole, often plays as the most difficult and hardest hole on the course. A one-stroke lead may not be able enough to hold off anyone challenging for the lead. Picture of the day of golf, you'll see that Bay Hill, where the course is important, course history is important. Course history itself ranks fourth overall in terms of its relevancy. But this is probably due to its field. Repeat golfers in the field of simply being as close to a major as we are is going to get that type of indication that we get in terms of course history. Pay attention to the weather. Winds another defense that this course has. Players have loved the challenges that come with Bay Hill, but this course is a beast. Adding wind is just going to make it more difficult. Now, a couple key elements that you need to consider when constructing lineups this week. Depending how the course is allowed to get based on the greenskeepers, I would not be surprised to see players club down and let the ball roll out and take care of the distance itself. Now, if that's a firm fairway, think of those Euro players and how they play those courses out there. Low trajectory, clubbing down, let that roll out, take care of the distance, stay in the fairway, hit greens. Boom. Easy peasy, right? Because we already know that this rough is super, super, super thick and is going to affect scoring big time. So it is another strategy that you need to take into consideration. Bay, uh, Bay Hills Architect, Dick Wilson, Joe Lee, Arnold Palmer Renovation in 20, 2009. Bermuda Grass Greens, we got large greens, 7,500 square feet, about 12, 12 and a half, fast green speeds on the stint meter, 7,466 yards, par 72, eight water hazards come to play with 84 bunkers. You got some nasty weather coming in on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's dry. Don't get me wrong, it's dry, but You got that wind coming in the afternoon. Going to make this course play really tough, especially on Sunday. That'll be fun. Nuggets and tidbits. Matthew Fitzpatrick compares this course to Shinnecock in terms of difficulty in 2020. This is Florida. Bermuda grass. Welcome back. We've seen this claim broken by players like Bryson DeChambeau, but missing fairways here is very penal. Um, The par 5 16th. Often considered one of the easiest par 5s on tour, but guess what? If your player pars are worse on 16, it's just time to move on to the next Weekend, Tiger Woods, eight wins here. Eight wins. Past winners here, Deshambo, Terrell Hatton, Molinari, McElroy, Those are the last four. Key stats that I'm looking at, strokes gained tee to green, ball striking and approach, strokes gained around the green distance, approach shot distribution, and scrambling. If you look at their approach shot distribution metrics, most of our shots are coming in between that 150 and 225-yard range. So make sure you guys look at those approach shot distribution numbers. And, of course, scrambling. Need to scramble here to succeed. Similar courses, TBC Sawgrass, Quail Hollow, Mirfield Village, La Quinta, and Palm Beach Gardens. Good luck finding info on that. Last time a major was hosted in Florida, but still. Um, most definitely look at U.S. Open rotations, potentially for courses that fit. Look at your harder courses. That's what I'm looking at. But the best question we have is, who are we going to be playing this weekend? two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cutline's Birdie or Better segment where we look at each tier of DraftKings pricing and break down our favorite plays, our least favorite plays, everything that's happening here at this weekend's tournament. But before we do that, question you need to ask yourself a game theory question is how do you think the lineups are going to be constructed this weekend what is going to happen i think the way it's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of stars and scrubs people are going to love playing these guys up here at the top and don't get me wrong there's huge advantage to doing that but how do you get different two ways one you eat the chalk and you just get different in one or two positions elsewhere But the key to that is limiting the amount of ownership you have. So aggregate it. If you're below 85, 84%, I'd love it. I love it. If you're getting up in that hundreds, 120, even higher than that, not looking at that lineup as to win a GPP. The other way you get different this week, you start in the 9K range. Um, A lot of people are going to start, though, with Matt Fitzpatrick. So that's kind of where you just got to get different. And potentially pivot off one or two guys. But let's start in this top tier range. And we're going to look at John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, Hideki Matsuyama. All right. First of all, John Rahm, 11,400 yards. You need to make a decision. In my approach model, last four rounds, last 18 rounds, he's not in the top 10. In My PJ Stats model in 2022, top three. Never played here before. So, how much love do you have for John Rom? Similar to Morikawa, we said that he couldn't win the Open Championship, never played a course like that, blah, blah, blah. And what did he do? He became another major winner last year. John Rom, 26, 27 years old, he wins on PGA Tour. He's got six wins, right? Six wins, one major. When things get tough, John Rom gets really good. In terms of similar style, difficult tournaments, ranks number seven in my average style. Vegas has him at 8 to 1 to win the tournament because he's John Rahm, He's that good. Okay. My top 10 percentage has him at like 44%. But Rom hasn't been dominant. And $11,400, you need to make the decision, the conscientious choice that you roster him in your lineups and he does not finish in the top three. You're just not winning. It's not going to happen unless you get 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 with your other guys. But in theory, that price, that cost, it's a lot to buy. Yes, you should be in your MMES single entry. You're gonna have to make some decisions. Rory McIlroy, course horse at eleven thousand one hundred, and is always a play here. He's gonna be owned massively. I don't doubt it. But I don't know how you fade him because, especially in mass multi entry, because he's just so good here. I think you start your cash lineups with him if you feel confident in those seven K K range. But you look at the last five years. Five straight top 10 finishes. 10th, 5th, 6th, a win in 2018, and a 4th place finish in 2017. His average finishing position this year so far in 3-3 cuts, 18th. Okay. It's Rory. He's good here. If you're going to conscientiously fade him, understand what you're doing is a risk. Now, if you want to get different in your single entries and not go with Rory, I'm cool with that. I love doing that just to get a little bit different, but come on. It's Roy McIlroy here. You have to roster him in these types of conditions. Now, Victor Hovland is gaining steam. He's up to like 18 19% ownership um, on FanShare Sports. Lee Eldrick loves him in his CSR rankings. And my confidence model is number two, aggregate model number eight, overall stat model number five. But you have to deal with Victor's putting. Like, he's an elite approach player, but then is terrible around the greens, terrible scrambler. You look at his course history here, it's not very good. 49th, 42nd, 40th. If he's pulling a 49th this weekend at $10,800, no thank you. Now, I get it. He's coming off the Genesis where he finished in fourth. Everyone loves his recent form, but the problem is the Genesis Invitational is not that tough of a course. I wish he played here or played at the Honda last weekend. We would have a better barometer of how well he's playing right now, and we just don't have that. Okay. Course history here is suspect for Victor Hovlin. So I would put him on a more riskier play. I might even end up fading him. Not going to lie. Scotty Scheffler, 10,600. Loves, you know, playing in difficult courses, difficult conditions. Vegas currently opened up at 16 to 1. I see that. Top five in all my main models, the overall aggregate and confidence model. He's actually historically a great putter on Bermuda. It's just recently, you know, he's just had the yips and hasn't been that good. But I love him on approach right now. I love how he's playing. He's coming off the win at the WGC, uh, or I'm sorry, the the Waste Management uh, Phoenix Open, the WMPO, and then followed that up with a seventh at the Genesis. So we talk about recent form, and I have much more adoration for someone like Scotty Scheffler than I do for Victor Hovland, who missed the cut at the WMPO and then finished fourth. Course, you look at course history. It's a limited sample size, but we have a fifteenth place finish in 2020 for Scotty Scheffler. And then there is Hideki Matsuyama. Tons of upside. The putter needs to get hot for me. I think there's just too much risk here for for, my, for Mats, and I'd rather pay down for one of my favorite plays down in the nine K range. But let's do it. Let's break down that nine K range. And Sung J M for me is number one. I know coming off a miscut at the Honda looked terrible. Was a lock, and that is why for DFS. You overload this play. Because right now, ownership, way too low. 12%, 13%. ranks 19th in my model, 8th in my confidence model, 10th in my aggregate model. He's not a terrible Bermuda putter. I love that. These greens are going to be fast and firm. Of course, you look at these last four rounds, he's brutal. He missed the cut at the Honda Classic. His approach game is off, but when the going gets tough, Sungjae brings it. Plus, long irons. The long irons are going to be dialed in for Sungjae Im. I'm going to use them. I'm pounding him in DFS. I've already bet him as an outright. I love Sungjae this week. Week Opened up at 28-1. to 1. Let's keep going. Will Zalatoris is becoming the chalk donkey. The problem for me in Zalatoris, he's a terrible putter. On Bermuda. Terrible at putting on Bermuda. Okay. 2022 stats. He's missing fairways. Like crazy. Ranks 90th in the field. If you look at his stats from last year. Same issue. He's missing fairways at 80% a clip. Now the guy could scramble. The guy could play around the green. He can avoid bogeys like crazy. Crazy but this rough is thick. 26th of the Genesis. Didn't play at the Honda. Played last year. Finished 10th. Zalatoris, if he's coming in at 26, 27% owned, he's going to be that highly owned. I'm probably going to full fade. Can't do it. But we'll see. Fitzpatrick, again, course history. Um, a tough sell looking at ownership just because of golf variation. He'll be in a uh, mass multi-entry. I don't know if I'll go for him in a single entry, but again, course history is similar to Rory: 10th, 9th, second, 13th, one miscut, misstep you know, within there. But th- that's okay. He's coming off like two top 10 finishes: one at the AT&T, one at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So we know he's been playing very well. He opened up with Vegas odds um, 28 to one, and just put put this in perspective: uh, Terrell Hatton cost 9,300. He opened up at 33-1, to so that's how much Vegas loves Matt Fitzpatrick. Course history is, here, is a big deal here, and I think you need to take into account. Mark Leishman, Adam Scott are the next two guys. They round out this 9K range. Leishman, I like. Adam Scott, not so much. Adam Scott, not so much. First of all, Scott doesn't really do well on challenging courses. His wins come elsewhere, and some might argue, well, his success at Augusta, right? But I'm not I'm not buying it. Like his success at Augusta comes from the fact that he's played the course so much. He knows it so well. It's a major, it's a different atmosphere. Here he has one miscut the last five years. That's it. And we're looking at 15-16% ownership for Adam Scott. I'm not gonna play it. I'm not gonna buy into it. Let's go on in the 8K range. Billy Horschel burned everyone last weekend. He was, he, was, he was loved, but he barely made the cut on the number. Um still. I would say that he's somewhat paid off, obviously finishing in the top 20, but not what people were hoping for. Mixed results in terms of course history, 13th, 54th, 50th, 36th, and a miss cut. You look at his stats from last year, and we wouldn't even be considering Billy Horschel. Wouldn't even be thinking about rostering, but this year it's a little bit different. He's hitting fairways at a huge clip. One caveat, though, that makes me worried, he's 91st in the field in approach. 16th in ball striking 91st in approach if he's missing greens this weekend is going to be quick it's going to be quick for him in terms of his approach ranking um guy could put on Bermuda ranks 21st in my overall stat model I like Billy Ho Sam Burns I think you always bet him first round leader no matter where he's at um you just have to it's it's an auto bet for me every week because you just hate yourself the weekend you don't bet it course history suspect is as usual but Max Homer, we had, we talked about him in the intro. Everyone is buying the number at Vegas, and I totally am. We'll do the same thing. Sixty-six to one is absurd, but for DFS, I I have plenty of reservations. Uh, in terms of like similar tournament projections, I have not ranked sixty-sixth, so that's outside of making the cut. Lee Aldrich and his course of suitability metrics has him at sixtieth. Now my overall stat model number twelve. Aggregate model 12, confidence model number 10. But the problem is the putter. If the putter goes cold, we have issues. Now, a lot of people are citing his recent form. 10th at the Genesis, 14th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You look at the course history, 10th and 24th. So there is some love playing here. Don't get me wrong. But Homa is struggling with scrambling so far this year, 77th. Struggling around the green, 67th in the field. Bogey average is 73rd, and he's not hitting fairways. Now he probably will club down on these fairways and let that ball roll out. That's probably what Homa will do, and that that that's the smart play. Especially how hard he hits the ball. 28th the field and driving distance. But there's just something about Homa this weekend. His recent forum were at tournaments where the course wasn't that difficult. He skipped the Honda. I'm worried. Tad worried. Taylor Gooch coming off a miscut at the Genesis um, was brutal everywhere. So basically, this is a buy low kind of spot. Gooch coming in at sub 10% ownership, $8,600. We know how good he is on difficult courses. We know how great he is at this course in particular, Um, especially when you look at the fact that he finished 13th, 26th, and 43rd. So coming in in bad form, I understand that. You might be hesitant to roster him, but still. Um, I think there's some upside that you need to take advantage of. Next guy I want to mention Jason Kokrak and Paul Casey. All right, first of all, Paul Casey, coming in roughly at 15%. But he's a play that I would rather have than higher priced Max Homa at, you know, 14 15%. He plays great on difficult courses. I talked about my affinity for players from across the pond for playing this style of golf. Right, Paul Casey. You know he might live in Arizona, but we we know his background, his history. So why not? Why not take advantage of Paul Casey's ability to run that ball in those fairways and take advantage of it? I, I will. Jason Kokrak, another guy that we're going to be questioning his putting ability, but another guy who's great on approach typically. Typically this year, not so good. He's been struggling around the green, which is kind of his bugaboo. But you look at his course history, miscut. 56th in the, the year before that, but then after that, top 10, 18th, and then 8th place. So, Kokrak, again, coming in at lower ownership than someone, say, like Max Homa, I would take advantage of it. Keith Mitchell, I understand the popularity of this play. I really do. But at near 20% ownership, this is the week where you, if you need to get chalky, you, you eat the good chalk, but you fade the bad chalk. I think Mitchell here is bad chalk you get like a huge ownership differential in the same pricing tier, right? Like go down to Tringale, go down to Tommy Fleetwood, go up to Kokrak, Casey, Gooch, like all these guys that we talked about, and you're going to pay like 8100 for Keith Mitchell? Sure. Ranks in the top 20 overall stat model. It looks fantastic when you consider the fact that he finished in ninth last weekend. All right, the course history is is incredible. Sixth in 2019, fifth in 2020, 43rd in 2021. So what gives? Why would we not roster Keith Mitchell? And I I, I don't object to rostering in cash, but we're trying to win these GPPs. And if Keith Mitchell is going to be 20% plus owned, I will pass on Killer Keith, because we've seen him struggle on hard courses. Now, he loves here, right? Georgia Boy loves here, loves playing this style of golf. Don't get me wrong, but um, I'm not going to buy one time winner Keith Mitchell here at 8100 as a must play. Going down to Cameron Chingale, I talked about you know, that wheel falling off at some point. He's a Florida resident. He's the type of player that's going to make or break some of your lineups. He's not a killer since his ownership is very low, 7%. So if you're going to use him in mass multi-entry, you don't need a lot. But um, you get immediately different rostering someone like Tringale, who doesn't really thrive well in difficult tournaments, but we've seen him do well in this one specifically. You look at the course history, 31st, the one time he played here. His average finishing position this year is 22nd. He's made 8 out of 11 cuts. You know what you're going to get with Tringale. So that's something I like. And key stats from 2022. He misses fairways. He only ranks 69th in fairway hit percentage. But he's dialed in an approach, 24th in the field, 25th in greens in regulation, 12th in strokes gained around the green, and 25th in scoring. Not that this is a scoring course, but you got to avoid bogeys and you got to score when you can. And he can do it on the par fives. He's got enough there. And then strokes gained tee to green. He ranks 19th in the field. So there's a lot to like here about Tringale. You don't need a lot to take advantage. So going to Fleetwood, he looked off on Friday. Thursday, I thought it was a lock. He was going to make the cut. He was one under. And then Friday came, and oh, my God, he was spraying the ball everywhere. He couldn't seek a pin if his life depended on it. So that's why the recent form, the approach model, like looks so brutal. So what Fleetwood are you going to get? I'm not really sure. But four out of five made cuts with the average finishing of 12th place at $7,900. He looked so bad last year that fan currently has him at s- or last week, 5% ownership. I think it's a buy now spot. Gary Woodland, sub 10%, looked spectacular last weekend. Again, another guy that I keep kind of saying he's going to return back to his elite form. He's underpriced at 7,800, finished fifth last weekend, even after bogeying 18. Oh, killed some of my bankroll in terms of like, my finishing position on on Sunday but still most definitely going to buy into Gary Woodland continuing in this 7k range Seamus Power Chris Kirk Luke List all guys that I like all right the fact that you saw Kirk last weekend even though he struggled finished 16th fought off some of those bugaboos and then or finished seventh and then Chris Cameron Young who finished sixth all right luke list missed the cut at the genesis we're hoping for a return to form here good course history seamus powers never played here but why i like seamus power jumping all over the place i'm sorry um plays great on hard courses all right actually ranks second in my DraftKings projections in terms of hard courses but that that's a limited sample size for seamus so careful with that um other guys i like in the 7k range ebr Patrick Reed, Matty Wolf, Keegan Bradley. I know we were talking about Matt Wolf's play last weekend, but this is when you jump on when everyone's going to be sub 1%. If you want, bet them first round, you know, you, it could potentially happen. EVR, Keegan Bradley, Patrick Reed, all, you know, potential upside plays here because of a variety of factors like EVR finished 39th at the Genesis. Keegan's made the last cut over the last five years here. Patrick Reed is the top 10 finish here in 2018. He, but he looks off. So, uh, You know, that's kind of where we're at with those low 7K guys. Last two I want to mention here in this 7K range. Lanto and Marty Laird. Laird does do well on hard courses. I'll give him that. Ranks pretty well in my confidence model, aggregate model, overall stat model. But I think his ownership is about to boom here. It is going to explode. I'm seeing a lot of chatter on Twitter about Laird. He's fitting in a lot of people's models. And when that happens, that makes his ownership blow up. You need proof? Evidence? Look at Bez last weekend. Bez last weekend was the truth and fruition of that coming to fruition. Everyone was talking him up on Twitter. So what happened? He became the chalk last weekend. And thank goodness he made the cut. Part of my single entry. So, um... Lanto, on the other hand, two top 40 finishes, one top 25 finish in that same time frame the last two years. But again, coming in at a, a little bit higher ownership at like 12%. So not sure if you're going to fall in love with that. The 6K range is kind of scary. Danny Lee, Nick Watney, guys I like. Nick Taylor, Svensson, Bo Hostler Sam Ryder, Garrett Kigo, again, Hodges, Pat Perez, going to do him as a first-round leader. Ricky Fowler, we're going to go back to. And the reason that I like some of these 6K guys is because they played last weekend and they made the cut. And I think that's a good barometer of success here. Nick Taylor, 16th. Svensson, 9th. Hostler, 16th. Ryder, 9th. Um, Hodges was 9th last weekend, even though he put it out of the bunker. But, you know, no one's perfect. (coughs) Ricky Fowler, 42nd. Uh, Danny Lee didn't play here, but finished 21st at the Genesis. Nick Watney, 30th. So, options for the 6K range. Let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. Join us next week as we break down the Players' Championship. It's a lot of money in the line. Special thanks to Golf Goons. Thank you, Fanshare Sports. Smash and cash, guys. See you on top of the leaderboard on Sunday. Later.